All right. Well, happy Resurrection Day, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us on social media. And uh, hey, let's go to uh, Acts, the 13th chapter. Acts, the 13th chapter and the 28th verse. And notice what the Bible says. And though they found no cause for death in him, in Jesus, they, they found no cause for death in him. They asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now, when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree or from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. You know, uh, there's so many verses that could be read uh, as it pertains to to Easter and to the resurrection of Christ and so many Easter messages that can be preached. You know, I've been doing this now for 27 years and I've preached all different angles of the resurrection and so many, so many messages that that can be preached. And I've preached a bunch of them. And uh, actually, I got an email from a minister friend of mine, I don't know, about a week or so ago. And uh, the emails, it, it, what it was, it was a sermon. He sent me a sermon, uh, an Easter sermon. And the, the title of it was He is Risen, you know, and the subject on the email was He, he, was he is Risen. And so I plan to, you know, read it through before, you know, before today. And so anyway... I guess it was Friday. I uh, I was gonna I opened the email to read it. You know, subject the title was "He is risen." So I opened the email to read it, and that's all that was there. That was the whole sermon. He is risen. <laughs> he is risen. And uh, and and, I, and I, I I thought, well, you know, there's many a church goer would like that length of a sermon, you know. And, and so I let him know that. And then he so I sent that to him. I said, great, great sermon, good length and all. And so then he sent me a, he sent me something back and he said, sermons are like biscuits. They're improved with shortening. And, <laughs> and so after I read that, you can ask my wife. I did. I, I cut a page out of my notes for today. I sh- shortened my sermon down. So hopefully it'll be like the biscuits. It'll be better with shortening. So uh, of all the messages you could preach, I'm going to preach my favorite one today. I want to talk about the power of Jesus's resurrection, the power of Jesus's resurrection. You know, uh, God used his power to raise Jesus from the dead. You know, Philippians 3.10, the apostle Paul writes and he says that I may know him, that I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. And uh, actually, I've been studying into this this power more than I ever have. I, I've studied it over the years, but I've delved in deeper on it uh, for this message today. Uh, you know, God used all of his power. Now, you think God is almighty and he is. God used all of his power, every last bit of it that he has to raise Jesus from the dead. It was actually a power that had never been exerted before. 2,000 years ago when, when the Heavenly Father raised Jesus from the dead, it was power that he had never exerted before. It was a power not exerted in the creation of the angels 
are in the creation of the universe or of the earth, of the sun, the moon, and the stars. It was a power not exerted when God created the animal kingdom or the human race. It, 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 it was a power when he raised Jesus from the dead that he didn't have to exert when he flooded the earth, you know, in Noah's day or, or when he sent the ten plagues. You know, there were some mighty things went on in those ten plagues. He used his power all right in that. Or when he parted the Red Sea, that was some power, wasn't it? But God used greater power to raise Jesus from the dead. You know, the power that that God used to raise Jesus from the dead was greater than the power he used to bring water out of a rock. Remember, there in the in the desert with Moses, you know, and, and the power that he used to bring manna or when he abated the waters of the Jordan or, or when when God rescued the. Hebrew children from the fiery furnace, you know, that's all power that God used, but he used greater power to raise Jesus from the dead. Actually, it was greater power to raise Jesus from the dead than to bring about his virgin birth. Now, you know, it would take power to bring about a virgin birth. And that was powerful, but God used more power than that to raise Jesus from the dead. The power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead was not exerted even when Jesus changed water to wine or when he calmed the storms or when he walked on the water or when he opened blinded eyes or when he healed leprosy or the crippled or the maimed or when he put Malchus's ear back on. Remember after Peter cut it off. That's all power. But God used greater power to raise Jesus from the dead. Now, you know, in, in, in the Old Testament and in the ministry of Jesus, people were raised from the dead, weren't they? They were raised from the dead. You understand that? And you know that takes power, doesn't it? But we'll see today that God used greater power than that to raise Jesus from the dead. I'll, I'll say a bit more about that in a moment. But notice the power that God used... You see it in Romans, the sixth chapter in the fourth verse. Romans, the sixth chapter in the fourth verse says this, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, God used his glory to raise Jesus from the dead. Now, if we had the time and we if we had a couple of hours, I could take you back to the Old Testament and, and, and I could, could show you some examples of God's glory and the power of it. It's, it, there's, there's really almost no way to describe it. You know, our sun, you know, our sun, the sun that lightens, lightens earth up. It's shining beautiful out there today. That's a power, that's a powerful ball of energy, isn't it? Have you ever gone out and tried to stare up in the sun any length of time? You, you just can't do it. A powerful ball of energy. But if you study about the glory of God, you could take our sun and and magnify it trillions and trillions of times and not even come close to the power of the glory of God. And that's the power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. I think about God's glory. You know, it it came into the temple in the Old Testament and, and it was such that uh, and just a little level of God's power, just a little manifestation of it, 
the, the, the priests couldn't stand, they couldn't literally stand up to minister under it. They, they'd fall down. That's how, how powerful it was. When Jesus appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos, there was a little bit of that power, that glory and manifestation, and John couldn't stand. Remember, he fell down before the Lord. Remember when God came down on Mount Sinai? Remember that? He liked to blew, blew the mountain up. Remember? So that's the glory of God that, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about the glory of God. I, I was thinking about. Remember that time where where they they lifted the lid off of the Ark of the Covenant and, and the glory of God was in there such that it just it came out of there and it just consumed people. I mean, it, you know, the, the power of God's glory. Is undescribable. And when God raised Jesus from the dead, he used that glory in full manifestation. Think about that. Think about that. Actually, in Ephesians, the first chapter and the 19th and 20th verses bring, bring this out about the power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. It brings it out so well. Notice this, Ephesians 1, verses 19 and 20. And, and the Bible says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Notice this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power Toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he, God the Father, worked in Christ. Notice he worked this in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, I studied into all these different words here on power and exceeding greatness of power and mighty power. And I found this. I found this. And this is just I'm going to summarize some of what this means. Just put it in my own words. But it means to throw beyond the usual mark. God's power to throw beyond the usual mark. Like if you're throwing a ball, you know, you know, or, or hitting a golf ball, you hit that ball and you hit that ball. You're all, we're always trying to hit it farther and farther. You know, if you're a golfer, you know what I'm talking about. You want to hit that ball as far as you can, you know, off the tee with your driver. And uh, and, and and I'll put it this way. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he hit the longest drive he ever hit. He threw the ball further than he ever threw it to raise Jesus from the dead. That's what this this these words power and 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 all of that mighty power. It, it means to go beyond the usual mark. It means to surpass or to outdo or to attain a degree that extraordinarily exceeds a point on a scale of extent. It's the quality of exceeding a standard involving physical magnitude like that of an earthquake. It's dynamite miracle power. Working energy, the energy of miracles, uh, all the forceful might that exists, force without limit, glorious divine might. That's what God used when he raised Jesus from the dead. It was the full manifested power of the glory of God the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Now you just think about how powerful that is. 2,000 years ago, on what we know as Easter Sunday, resurrection morn, that power was exerted. You think about that. More powerful than what God used to create all of the universe, as I just said. It was a radiant, spiritual, nuclear explosion with energy, force, and magnitude far beyond anything that can be imagined. And so the question is, why such power was needed to raise Jesus? Why such power 
was needed to raise Jesus. Now think about that. Why was there such power needed to raise Jesus from the dead? You know, as I said a moment ago, others had been raised from the dead in the Bible before Jesus was raised. Is that correct? The widow of Zarephath's son in the Old Testament was raised from the dead. The Shunammite woman's son was raised from the dead. There was an Israeli man raised, raised out, of Eli, uh, out of Elisha's grave. The widow of Nain's son was raised from the dead under Jesus' ministry. Jairus' daughter was raised. Lazarus was raised. Remember Lazarus? He'd been dead four days and Jesus rose him from the dead. All these are powerful things. But God used more power to raise Jesus from the dead. Now, why is that? Well, think about this. All these people that I just mentioned to you that had been raised before Jesus, they were all raised from physical death only. And as I've studied into it, they were all saved people. Think about this. They were all young or believers. Their spirits, when they died, went to what is called Abraham's bosom or paradise. Which was a place people went in the Old Testament. Believers went in the Old Testament when they died. They went into paradise. In the inner workings of the earth, in the spiritual realm. None of these people that I just mentioned to you, none of their spirits had to come out of hell. When they were raised from the dead, their spirits only had to come out of Abraham's bosom. Now that's powerful enough, wouldn't you say? But to bring somebody out of hell. See, these people's spirits didn't go to hell. They went to paradise, Abraham's bosom, which was nearby hell, but it wasn't, it wasn't hell itself. It was, it was a place of comfort where they went. And so when they got raised from the dead, they were, their spirits were coming out of those, out of that place, paradise, and reunited with their body. None of them had to come out of hell. And think about it, all these people that I mentioned to you, they all died again at some point physically, did they not? And their spirits went back in to Abraham's bosom when, when, when they died at a later time. So, yes, it, was, it took power to raise these people from the dead. But why such power was needed to raise Jesus is because this. No one had ever been raised from spiritual death before. What is spiritual death? See, physical death is when your spirit is separated from your body. That, that's physical death. When your spirit is separated from your body. But spiritual death is when your spirit is separated from God. I want to be sure you got that. Physical death, see, is when your spirit is separated from your body. That's physical death. But spiritual death is when your spirit is separated from God. And we know that's what happened to Jesus as he hung on the cross because the book of Daniel tells us that the Messiah would be cut off 
but not for himself. See, he was cut off for you and for me. And remember, he cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And when he made that cry, that's when Jesus, that's when, when he was cut off from the life of the heavenly father. Not for himself, but for you, or for, but for you and for me. And, 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 and he, he, he died spiritually there. He was cut off from the life of the heavenly father. And the Bible is clear that when he died there, and I could take hours to teach on this, but I'm going to just say it here because I've taught, on, I've taught you on this over the years. But his spirit went into hell after he died on the cross. His spirit went into hell. I'll give you one verse here. I could give you several. But Acts 2.27, for the sake of shortening here, uh, Acts 2.27, notice what the Bible says, because thou wilt not leave my soul or my spirit in hell. And that is you study it. That's the place of torment. And that's where Jesus's spirit went after he died on the cross. Sad to say this doesn't get taught very often, but it's the Bible and it needs to be taught. It needs to be mentioned. You see, usually just the Natural side of the resurrection gets taught and the spiritual side gets completely overlooked. I handle them both around here. I handle, remember a few weeks ago I preached on the cross and we just looked at the natural side of things. But now on resurrection day I like to look at the spiritual side of things. And you really need to understand the spiritual side of things to really understand what happened on resurrection morn some 2,000 years ago. See, Jesus on the cross, he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And his spirit is cut off from the life of God, not for himself, but for you and for me. See, he never sinned, but he had our sins laid on him. And when he had our sins laid on him, that's when he was cut off from the life of God. And as a result of that, he, he, he went into hell and suffered. He didn't go to hell because of his sin. He had no sin. He went there because of your sin and mine. And the Bible's very clear. I gave you one verse, Acts 2.27. I could give you several such verses. So again, why did there have to be such power in raising Jesus from the dead? Well, it's because no one had ever been raised from spiritual death before. No one had ever come out of hell before. Now you think about that. No one had ever come out of hell before. But on the third day, because Jesus said it as, as, as uh, Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's where his spirit was. In hell. But on that third day, God's mighty power, the mighty power I just told you about, the mightiest power of all time went into operation. And God's word, his Holy Spirit and his glory descended into hell itself. And the Bible is clear there was a battle in the spiritual realm for the human race as the devil, demons, and all the powers of hell tried to hold Jesus' spirit in there. You can see why God the Father had to exert such awesome power. 
All those people I told you about a moment ago, remember their spirit when, you know, we talked about the people who had died before Jesus, their spirits were, were coming back up out of Abraham's bosom. But now in this case, Jesus is going to have to come out of hell itself. And the devil doesn't want to release anybody out of hell. I said the devil doesn't want to release anybody out of hell. That's why it took so much power. That's why it took all the power that God had to exert to bring somebody out of hell because nobody would ever come out of there before. And there was a battle, as I said, in the spiritual realm. And there was a radiant spiritual nuclear explosion with energy, force and magnitude far beyond anything that can be imagined, which took place some 2000 years ago. And notice if you would in Acts 13, 33, notice this. It says this, God has fulfilled this for us, our children, in that he raised up Jesus as, as it is also written in the second Psalm. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Now, notice that's not talking about when he was born of the virgin. This is talking about when he was raised from the dead. And, and the Bible says, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. That word begotten means to regenerate. See, Jesus spirit had been cut off from the life of God. His spirit had to be hooked back up with the life life of God. And that's what that mighty power of the heavenly father did. It hooked Jesus's spirit back up with the life of God. We could say it another way. It resurrected him spiritually. Glory to God. He'd been cut off from the life of God. Now his spirit is hooked back up with the life of God, regenerated, resurrected in the spirit realm, in the pit of hell itself. And you also see this in Colossians 1.18. Notice this, that he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Notice Jesus is called the firstborn from the dead. Now, this couldn't be talking about physical death because others had been raised from physical death before him. This is talking about spiritual death. Jesus was the firstborn from spiritual death. The first one to be regenerated from spiritual death. Glory to God. Praise God forevermore. And notice, as far as uh, this battle goes, I'm talking about in the inner workings of the earth. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the devil, demons, all the powers of hell are trying to hold Jesus' spirit in there. They don't want to let him out. No one's ever gotten out of there before. But thank God for God's mighty power. And notice in Ephesians 1.19, we read this a moment ago, but we're going to read it again here. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he, God the Father, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, watches far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's talking about demonic power. That's talking about the devil and demons and the powers of hell. See, this took place when Jesus was raised from that, that, that spiritual death. God raised him from the dead and positioned him above, far, not just above, but far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that's named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. See, there was a battle that took place in the spiritual realm. And actually, Colossians 2.15 brings it out more clearly. Colossians 2.15, notice what the Bible says. 
having disarmed, this is talking about what God did through his power, through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, having disarmed principalities and powers. Now, when did that take place? We just read. It took place when God raised Jesus from the dead. When he raised Jesus from the dead, the devil, demons, demonic power, the powers of hell were disarmed. Notice right here, having disarmed principalities and powers, he, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father through Christ, he made a public spectacle of them. Of who? Of demonic power triumphing over them in it. In what? Well, certainly his death on the cross, but this is really making more reference to the the power of his resurrection. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, he disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, I studied into these words a little bit more than I have in here recently. Just for this message, I, I delved into these words a little deeper. And this word disarm, it means to spoil. You know, you know, God's power spoil the devil and his cohorts. Glory to God. And, and this word means stripped, stripped, stripped. I mean, God stripped the devil of all of his power. I remember when I was in Bible school and, 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 and the, the, the teacher uh, uh, was teaching and going over some of this material. And there was a lady in the class and, uh, and she was kind of a comical lady. I really liked her, but, but she'd just tell you what she thought and she'd just speak her mind and you never know when she was going to blurt something out. And he was talking about how, the teacher was talking about how God, through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, stripped, stripped the devil of all of his power. And this lady, she just blurted out. She said, yeah, he stripped that buzzard. Glory to God. Aren't you glad that buzzard, the devil's been stripped? Amen. And, and, and God did that with his great mighty power. He stripped the devil. He disarmed him of all of his power and then made a public spectacle of him. And, and I studied in that this was similar to what the Romans did when they exposed the spoils of their conquered enemies to public view. Think about that. There was a whole lot of stuff going on in the spiritual realm some 2,000 years ago. Seldom ever gets talked about in churches. We ought to talk about it, as I said. There was some stuff going on in the spiritual realm, I tell you what, that would make the WWF Wrestling Federation look like child's play. You understand what I'm talking about? Because that's all fake WWF. But I tell you what, this was real stuff going on. This was real battle. This was real war. I don't know all of what took place. I don't know all of what it must have looked like. But I tell you what, the devil took a licking and he didn't keep on ticking. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And then the Bible says triumphing over them, over demonic power in it. That word triumphing, triumphing means as of a triumphal procession or a parade. I mean, Jesus, the, the power of God through Jesus stripped the devil and made a public spectacle of him. And there was some sort of a parade that Jesus must have went around hell. I, well, the Bible says he took the keys of hell and of death. You can see that in Revelation 118. He took the keys of hell and of death. Do you think that now who had the keys of hell and of death? The, the, the devil had the keys of hell and of death. Do you think the devil's just going to surrender those keys without a fight, without a battle? Absolutely not. 
not. There was a battle. There was war that was going on some 2,000 years ago. But the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. And the power of God came in there to the regions of the doom and hit the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ and resurrected him from spiritual death. Glory to God. Hooked him back up to the life of God. Praise God. And there was great triumph. The devil was stripped of his power. And Jesus took the keys of hell and of death. Can you say amen? Glory to God. It's exciting, isn't it? And then the Bible says, after Jesus took the keys of hell and of death, he went over into Abraham's bosom. You can read about this in Psalm 22, but for the sake of shortening. And they had a praise service there. Jesus comes out of hell. Nobody would ever come out of hell before. But now somebody had. And it was because of the power of Almighty God. And he goes over into Abraham's bosom. The Bible says they had a praise service over there. And then there's another nuclear explosion that takes place in the spirit realm. Look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Notice verse 1. Because see there was a spiritual resurrection. But how many of you know there was also a physical resurrection? But the physical resurrection of Jesus is very different than the physical resurrections of all those other people that got raised from the dead that I told you about. And it's because he was first raised from spiritual death, but now he's going to get raised from physical death, but it's going to be a different raising than there's, than the, a different raising than, than there's ever been before. Now watch this, Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, this is talking about Saturday, some 2,000 years ago, you study into it. Jesus died on a Wednesday. He didn't die on a Friday like some people think. Study your Bible. He died on a Wednesday. Again, for the sake of shortening. I could talk to you about that. He died on a Wednesday. He died. He was dead three days and three nights. If he died on a Friday, you can't get the three days and three nights in there and come up with Sunday. Is that right? Absolutely the truth. He dies on a Wednesday. And he's raised from the dead early on a Sunday morning. And at the end of the Sabbath, now this is talking about Saturday, it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, that Sunday, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. That's where Jesus' body was buried. There's a whole lot been going on in the spirit realm before this, which I just told you about. And notice, behold, there was a great earthquake. You ought to underline that in your Bible. There was a great earthquake. Now, why was there a great earthquake? Because the power of Almighty God that hit Jesus' spirit in hell, now Jesus' spirit is coming back up and his spirit is going to be, re, be reunited with his physical body. And when his spirit is reunited with his physical body, his physical body is hit with this glory of God, with this power of God that's never been exerted before. And as a result, there was an earthquake. Now the Bible says, and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Now some say the angel caused the earthquake. Well, from my study of it, I believe it was the power of God that hit Jesus's body in that tomb. And the power of God hit Jesus' body because the angel, see, the angel had descended and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. See, the angel came down, rolled back the stone, 
and took up the best seat in the house. And then the power of God hits Jesus body as his spirit is re-entering it. And it, it and, and that power hits his body. It's so powerful that it causes an earthquake. Have you ever heard dynamite go off? Somewhere in the distance when maybe a, a construction crew is blasting and you can feel a little rumbling in your in your house. Has anybody ever ever heard that or felt that besides me, you know? Well, I tell you what, this this was more powerful than any dynamite blast there had ever been. This was, think about this, the full glory and manifestation of Almighty God hits the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God forevermore. And, and it resurrects his body. And notice, and let me just say this, it, it, it didn't just resurrect his body, it glorified his body. Now that's what you need to realize. It didn't just resur- it resurrect, that power resurrected his body, but it didn't just resurrect it, it glorified it. See, all those people in the Old Testament and those people under Jesus' ministry that got raised, see, they, they, they experienced a resurrection, all right, but they didn't experience a glorification. See, when Jesus got raised from the dead, it was more than just a resurrection. His body got glorified, never to die again. Can you say amen to that? Never to die again. And it was the full power, the full manifested power of Almighty God that brought that about. Glory to God. I mean, it was so powerful. Has anybody ever heard of the Shroud of Turin? I believe that I believe that to be the burial cloth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's an image of a man on there and nobody can really explain how it got there. Well, I can tell you how it got there. It got there because of this this nuclear spiritual nuclear blast, if you will, uh, 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 of, of this light that uh, that the Bible says God is light. And there was full manifestation of light that hit Jesus body, resurrected it, glorified it, praised God, never to be touched by death again. And I believe it just etched and, and, and scorched that image on that cloth. Praise God. All kinds of power. And the Bible says, now verse 3, people have asked me over the years, they say, well, where does it show in the Bible where Jesus actually walked out of the tomb? It's right here in Matthew 28, verse 3. A lot of people think that's talking about the angel, but that's not talking about the angel. That's talking about Jesus. When he walked out of that tomb, see that stone was rolled away. The angel sat on the stone. I tell you what, somebody came out of that tomb. I know God well enough to know Jesus. He went in there three days earlier. His body had been beaten immersively. He was unrecognizable as a man. They put him in that tomb. They laid his body there. It had been beaten to smithereens, but now the power of God has hit it, resurrected it, glorified it. And I just know this much about God. I tell you what, he's coming walking out of that tomb and he came walking out of that tomb. And the Bible says his countenance was like lightning and his raiment or his clothes was white as snow. Praise God forevermore. That's when Jesus walked out of that tomb. That's what he looked like when he walked out of that tomb. His countenance like lightning, his raiment white as snow. Why why is that? Because the power of God, the most power that's ever been exerted hit his body glory to God and he walked out of that tomb and he said all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me actually all power where did he get that power it was the power of almighty God that hit his spirit and hit his body and resurrected him glory to God and the Bible says in verse 4 that those soldiers that were there they were so fearful they they were shook and it says they did shake and they became as dead men well I, I don't blame them I would too if I'd have been there how about you Glory to God. 
And the Bible says in Acts 13, for the sake of shortening again, you can read it on your own time, but it says that Jesus' body will never return to corruption. Verse 34 says it'll never return to corruption. Why? Because it's been glorified. So with that having been said, somebody might ask, what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with you? What does this have to do with me? And my answer is everything. This mighty power of God through faith in Jesus Christ is what keeps us out of a devil's hell. Now notice if you would again, Ephesians 1.19. I know I've read this several times, but it bears repetition. Watch this, Ephesians 1.19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Now let's talk about everybody's favorite subject here for a moment. And you know what everybody's favorite subject is? It's themselves, is that right? <laughs> so let's talk, about, let's talk about everybody's favorite subject, ourselves. How does this affect us? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who what? Who what? Who, who believe? See, this power of God is available to everybody, but to tap into it, you have to believe. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not with your head, but from your heart. And you've got to sell out to him. And when you do, the power of God that I've just talked about today becomes available to you. And it says here, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him, as, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Notice chapter 2 now, verse 1. And you, now he's talking about you, and you he made alive. Isn't that wonderful? But who did he make alive? People that believe on him. People that believe on him. See, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that same power that brought Jesus out of hell, that same power that brought his body out of that tomb, that same power explodes in your spirit the moment you repent of your sins and receive the Lord Jesus Christ and believe on him and trust in him. That same power, listen to me, that same power 2,000 years ago that God exerted when he raised Jesus from spiritual death and from physical death goes off inside of you. The moment you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's called the new birth. Ephesians 2 verse 1, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. See, this is talking spiritual here. Who were dead. This is talking to people who are alive physically. You know, you can be alive physically and dead spiritually, right? If you've never received Jesus Christ... You're alive, you're alive physically, but you're dead spiritually. You're separated from God on the inside. That's a terrible place to be. But when one believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God hits their spirit and, and you he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Notice verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Isn't that wonderful? By grace you're saved and raised us up together. This is talking about spiritually here. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
See, Jesus was raised from the dead and the Bible says he's seated with God right at the right hand of God in heavenly places. And when, when a sinner repents of their sins and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, that the power of God goes off on the inside of their spirit. They get born again. Their spirit gets hooked up with the life of God. And see, we get what Jesus, we get what Jesus gets. We get what he, what, he was our representative. Whatever he gets, we get. Glory to God. Praise God. So he was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says that when a sinner repents of their sins and receives Jesus, they get born again and they get the life of God in them and, they, and they're spiritually seated with Christ in heavenly places. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, yes. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? I like what Romans 8.29 says. It says that Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. See, he was just the first. That means there's a whole bunch after my number was in there somewhere. Your number was in there somewhere. Everybody's number's in there somewhere. He was the firstborn from, from the dead. And anybody who will believe on him can be raised from spiritual death also. Isn't that wonderful? I like what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says. It says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. When does that happen? That happens when you repent of your sins, receive Jesus, and the power of God hits your spirit. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and all things become new. Isn't that wonderful? And then somebody said, well, when are we going to get our glorified bodies? Later at what is known the rapture of the church. And for, the shake of, and for the sake of shortening, I won't go through all that right now, but the Bible says there's going to come a day when the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment and the twinkling of an eye will be caught up to, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Won't that be a wonderful day when, when, that, when, that, when that rapture takes place in the church and, and we, get our, we get our glorified bodies? Won't that be wonderful? I hope mine has hair on it. Glory to God. I think it will. So I don't care how low you go. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how dead the circumstances in your life are. God has the power to resurrect your situation. If he can resurrect Jesus out of hell... How many of you know he can raise your situation from the dead, whatever it is? And all you have to do is trust him. So I want to close with this. Multitudes of people go to hell every day. Jesus went there to hell so you don't have to go. See, when people reject Jesus, where do they go when they die? They go to hell because they don't take advantage of what he did for them. But he went to hell so you don't have to go. But that great power I've talked about today must be executed in your spirit before you die. On this side of the grave. Jesus is the only one who ever literally went to hell and got out. No one will ever get out of hell again. You must get out of hell before you go there. One must, one must escape hell before one is imprisoned there for eternity. 
It's not a matter of getting out of hell, but not going there in the first place. The mighty power of God to keep you out of hell is available to you today. And what a better day to receive Jesus than on Resurrection Day on Easter. The Bible, somebody said, well, I'll just receive him tomorrow. But you know, tomorrow never comes. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. There are no tomorrows promised anyone in the Bible as it pertains to salvation. Now is the acceptable time. So how, you might ask Pastor Terry, how do, I, how do I become a new creation in Christ? How can I get old things to pass away and all things become new? How can I get this power to hit my, to hit my spirit and, and, and make me a new creation? How can I miss hell and make heaven? How, how, how can I do that? The answer is found in Romans 10 verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to encourage everybody to do that if you've never done it before. Repent of your sins. Believe in your heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead. Confess him as your Lord. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive him as your Savior. And in a moment's time, the power of God will hit your spirit We'll hook it back up with the life of God. You'll get born again. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, uh, so glad you came. So glad you, you, you were out there on social media. And I hope you got something out of this. How many of you are glad that Jesus is raised from the dead? How many of you are really glad Jesus is raised from the dead? Praise God. All right. Well, thanks for being here. God bless you. Bye-bye.